Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. And we're going to be talking with the City of San Antonio's Office of Innovation uh, today. We're going to have a few different guests on the program. Um, but we're going to start off with Brian Dillard, who is the Chief Innovation Officer at the City of San Antonio. Brian, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Brett. Yeah, so uh, you got a cybersecurity background, but you've actually been on, on, you've never been on the program talking cybersecurity before. You've been on uh, with uh, Craig Hopkins, who's the CIO for the, the City of San Antonio, uh, and now you're we're on and we're going to talk all about the, the innovation things. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, one of the, the ones I, we always like to get out to, to our listeners in the audience, we've got a, a lot of the uh, folks that uh, do Cyber Patriot in middle school and high school and maybe some of the parents in there, um, is career background of just how did you find your way into cybersecurity? Uh, what drew you to it? And, and then how did that help you get to, to where you are in your career today? I failed my first semester in college. That's how I found my way into cybersecurity. Yeah. That's the story. And that's the end. You're sticking to it. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I know I went to UTSA for uh, a semester after high school and uh, I was taking five classes. My major was aerospace engineering. OK, uh, the class I failed was math it was college algebra. So, yeah, I was like, all right, this probably isn't the right career route for me. Uh, so that day I went and enlisted in the Air Force and the recruiter recommended I go into cybersecurity. And that was that. So that I did 10 that. years in the Air Force cybersecurity, traveled around quite a bit and learned that field and. Yeah, that's what got me in. That's got you in. And then so while you were in the Air Force, did you finish up your university? I did. I did. My last year in, I finished up my degree in political science. And yeah. guess what the last class was I took? College algebra. Boom. Yeah. So <laughs> 10 years later, how, how much easier was it 10 years later? It was it was a tremendous amount easier. I don't I think it was a, a big intimidation factor when I first went to college. Though, so, yeah. So yeah. kids like it, don't be afraid of these college level yeah. classes. You can conquer them because I, I assure you that over the course of that decade, Brian was not studying a whole bunch of math he was, was busy working outside. yeah and he went back and took the same class a decade later and because he wasn't intimidated by it boom knocked it out knocked it out yeah i like it <laughs> yeah so uh and so you, you got out of the air force worked in the uh, private sector for a while and then what drew you to this role uh in the uh, city government yeah when i got back and uh i was my last duty station was here in san antonio so when i got back in 2009 i got really involved in uh, public education uh, kind of as an advocate for, uh, to, to improve our schools. I was mentoring and tutoring after hours after I was done at work. And um, I noticed that my old high school hadn't really changed much. You know, our graduation rate was still abysmal. Uh, dropout rates were high and it just didn't seem that that much was changing, that we were still making a lot of excuses for mediocrity. And so I got involved there. Um, and that's really where I started getting a little bit deeper into community and community issues and understanding how cities work and how neighborhoods work. Uh, and I realized that's where my passion is. It was a really interesting time and a good transition. So just kept going down that route. I left San Antonio for a little bit and went to Houston for about nine months, worked to cybersecurity and oil and gas there. Uh, and when I got back, um, you know, I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. Now I need to start my pathway down there. So as I was doing cybersecurity privately, uh, for a company here for about four years there in the out, out out my extra time I was doing via board stuff doing stuff with the school districts you know trying to trying to find my way and really tap into that passion that I had for community and city building yeah 
So it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, great to have uh, you in this role now as the the chief innovation officer of the city because you uh, out there coming from private sector cybersecurity, you you get to see all sorts of different technologies and uh, and how those can apply uh, into different areas. So now in the the office of innovation, uh, explain that to to listeners out there. Like why why does a city need an office of innovation and what does it do? Yeah, so um, the office of innovation has actually been around about twelve years. Um, it got started in 2007. It was not its own department at that time. It was underneath the budget department, and it was called the Office of Innovation and Reform. That um, that, that does not <laughs> that sounds ominous. You guys, are, I, you, it doesn't feel ominous today, knowing yeah. what I know about where the Office of Innovation is now. We just carried around rulers and slapped people with them. That was about yeah, it. yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, it used to be Office of Innovation and Reform. Uh, over the past uh, five to six years, it's transitioned into its own department. Uh, thanks to, you know, uh, predecessors before me, they, they really tried to change the scoping. Uh, and, and it became this office where we would go in and uh, if a city, if a city uh, department director or city manager identified a process in another department that was inefficient or ineffective or seemed to be, our team would go in and assess that process and then provide a recommendation on how do we improve it or, you know, how, how do we replace it? Do we switch it out? Uh, typically using Six Sigma workflow analysis and those type of efforts. So that's that's still a big piece of our office there. Yeah. So that's kind of one of your your three main charters and functions. Right. And I mean, this ties in with technology very uh, very well because I mean, cities are old. Like San Antonio, we just had our three hundredth birthday, and if you you go back for much of that operation of the city, computers didn't exist. And I'm sure there's still processes inside of the city where they're oh, yeah. they're not using computers yet. Um, and a big opportunity to to introduce that. So as you come in and do that process evaluation, then also being tied into to some of the technology areas allows you to look at at ways on how to apply um, some additional uh, technological solutions into things that may not have them today. Yeah, and I, I can I can actually give you a good example of one of those. Um, we're currently reviewing our boards and commissions process. Um, a lot of a lot of folks don't realize we have 82 boards and commissions within the city of San Antonio. Yes. Just Please get involved government. and serve Please if you have do. a passion and an interest. For sure, yeah. Um, right now, that process is not automated. Um, so there is one person within the office of the city clerk that has to review all of those applications coming in. Yeah, and I, I filled one out at one point because uh, there was one that I was I was interested in. I, I recall downloading a PDF and then emailing that PDF after I filled it out to somebody. So I guess that, that yep. email address was not to a team of people reviewing this. That, that is to one person. One person, yeah. Okay. So so we uh, we just uh, got, got done with an assessment of them. So I just got off a call with... Uh, our city attorney today uh, discussing, you know, how do we implement these measures? Yeah. Um, and that and that's just one example of where we're not utilizing technology in the way we can. But also, you know, we got to re remember that city of San Antonio is a government municipality. So yeah. there are certain restrictions and regulations. But on top of that, man, we run lean. You know, yeah. there's a reason we have a triple A bond rating, you know, so. Uh, we we try to we try to do what we can, but that's our office's job. There is to make sure that those offices can do more with what they have. Yeah. So what what Brian said there for the folks that don't follow along on on finance, uh, the city of San Antonio is the uh, only metro of our size uh, in the country with a AAA bond rating, which is the highest you can you can get uh, from a financial perspective. I know one of the rating agencies, I think it says it's an AA minus or something yeah, now, but so two out of the three AAA across the board, and uh, yeah. yeah, no other no other city can say that. So when if you, you're out there listening, thinking, man, the city of San Antonio could do this better and that better and this better, 
everywhere else you move, uh, they've not been able to do it as fiscally responsible um, and as efficient as the city of San Antonio has been able to do it over the last 300 years. Correct. Kudos to our city managers. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so as you, you work on those process improvement, what other areas, uh, charters, uh, do you have under the, the office of innovation? So one more note on the process improvement, uh, currently we have the capacity to take on 10 of those work projects where we assess and recommend 10 of those per fiscal year. Right now we're transitioning that from what we call process improvement to an innovation academy. And what that means is we're now uh, trying to teach people how to fish instead of fishing for them. So we train subject matter experts in all 40 departments on how to do the work that we've been doing. And then we remain up top as consultants. So we're really trying to replicate the efforts that we uh, usually, um, you know, yeah. push out. Throughout. So, so what I'm hearing is before, like if we go back to, to last year, one out of four of those city departments could have had you yeah. involved on in a project. And now you're going to make it to where, uh, on e- each kind of fiscal year, and now you'll you'll get it to where each department could run their own yep. projects. So, yep. uh, significant uh, improvement, velocity increase. Correct. Yeah, forty departments all working together. It's, it's uh, we're we're excited to see what the results of that are. But, yeah. But yeah, we we do have two other teams in our office. Um, another one that actually just got kicked off was our research and development team. Uh, so when I, I and just kind of context, I came into the city of San Antonio in October of 2018. Uh, so I've so this is there. your first budget year. You you arrived yeah, in October and they're like, here's the budget for the year. Have a, yeah. have a good day. Yeah. One of my team members, Candelaria really, uh, kicked my butt this year to make sure I was prepared and ready to go. She's been with the city for about five years, so she knows their stuff. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be, be almost done with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so we have a research and development team. Um, we, Kate, who was the lead on that administrator, she just got back from maternity leave in March. I was she, she left when I was a month into the job on maternity leave. So she came back and I had absolutely no clue what we were doing as far as research and development. She came back and we got spun up quickly. We just had a two day symposium with our partners. And so those partners within the research and development, what we call R and D league, uh, kind of have this comic book superhero thing going. I like it. Yeah. Um, our partners there are Southwest Research Institute, SWERI, um, UTSA and USAA. Um, so we're working with them to identify ways that, we can possibly experiment within the city of San Antonio, within the city government, uh, which is really interesting. Those, those partners are very important to us because USAA has it, it, their innovation labs, yep. which is a really cool concept to have. And they've come out with a lot of different things that have been patented and proven out. Uh, we want to be able to replicate that within the municipal government. So that's what our R&D League is, is all about. So I'm really excited about that team and what we're about to do in the future. Oh, that's um, some cool stuff. Yeah, and and they're working with someone like USAA, they've got a um, bigger team than you do at the city, and they represent millions of members like you represent the, the million plus of us who live in the city of San Antonio. So uh, lots of, of good experience kind of operating at the same scale, thinking through the same problems on how to serve folks. And the USAA has to serve uh, many of their members uh, all over the world all the time. Um, so how do you digitally connect with them? Cause they can't have a branch or an office or someone to walk in and fill out a paper process. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, yeah, it's a great to see you collaborating. And I, I love, the, uh, this is one for listeners outside the San Antonio area, maybe catching this uh, on iHeartRadio streaming or, uh, picking us up on a podcasting service, uh, as a rebroadcast, uh, the city, San Antonio, I think, and, and Bear County, um, are, are, pretty famous uh, for the public-private collaboration across all sorts of areas. And Southwest Research is another one of those. I'm going to call it, it it's a non, non-profit, but it, 
not really government, kind of government. I don't know. It's its own weird research lab thing. But you check out Southwest Research Institute, their website. There's a bunch up there on the history and everything of how it, it got done. But they do um, a lot of, of interesting projects for both the public and private sector out there as well at the, the research level. Yeah, and we'll kind of get into that on this next one. So I'll, I'll jump into the next team. So we went through Process Improvement slash Innovation Academy and then our R&D team. Uh, last but not least is our Smart Cities team. Um, so when I was originally hired in October, I was hired as Smart City Administrator. Um, my team was hired the week after me, uh, and we were the first Smart City titled anything in the city of San Antonio, which was really cool coming into that space. And We had a lot of strategy set up before us, but it was our job to implement and figure out okay, how do we add on value to this? Um, so coming in, um, we were already told that, you know, we had three innovation zones that were dictated by count or designated by council. Uh, one's in the medical center, one's at downtown, and then one's at Brooks. And these are all geographically outlined and you can find them on our website. Um, but we were told, okay, here you go, man. I mean, these are your test beds. Um, now you need to go ahead and test out some prototypical stuff, uh, and see if it actually works. Well, our job was to how, how do we define what we're actually going to test? You know, how do we stay away from just testing shiny technology just for the sake of it? For our first three months in, uh, from October to December 2018, all we did was community feedback. Uh, we went out, we did neighborhood meetings. We um, we did, of course, we did Facebook lives with each of the council people in their innovation zones. We did a teletown hall. Uh, we did pop-up events. We did everything we could, and we gathered close to 4,000 survey responses on not about the solutions, not about what shiny technology somebody wanted, but about the challenges that community members face day to day. Yeah. So we utilized that when we went to vendors with our RFI. We did a non-traditional RFI, which is a request for information, uh, and we did a day-long summit with all the vendors. We had 138 vendors show up in person. We broadcasted it online. Um and we basically just broke it down on each of our three focus areas, which are access to services. So understanding the digital divide, understanding how people access government and understanding the obstacles to that. Yeah. The second one is mobility. So that last mile, first mile, the micro mobility stuff, autonomous vehicles, advanced rapid transit. How do we work on all that? Yeah. And then the third one is sustainability. So air quality, water quality, energy efficiency, flooding, lighting, all those big time issues. We took that community input distribute them through our three focus areas and that's where we're implementing now that's how we decided what projects we're actually going to actuate on so uh so yeah for folks accessing city services so I, as one thing that i think of on more modern access is the 311 sa yeah. app for ios and android so did that come out of a collaboration with the innovation office or somewhere else in the city how did how did that one show up yeah that was a little bit of everything and that came from uh the Brasenio leadership which is a development um a development program here in the city of San Antonio through one of the chambers. Uh, I think that's where, you know, city flag really kicked off from. And it was the city's job to embrace that. And it took a little bit, and, you know, because it was a disruptive model. It was kind of like, ooh, how do we how, do we really want to identify the issues that we have and yeah. let everybody see it? Um, and that, that took some getting past. But I mean, you got to commend the city of San Antonio government for saying, OK, let's let's do it. Um, but yeah, th I mean, that's something that definitely came through the innovation office, went through ITSD, went through our 311 department. I mean, it's a collaborative effort to support something that robust and that impactful. Yeah. And I mean, this is one like where I, I think about as a citizen, cause I've used the app a little bit, uh, to, to report and flag things But uh, like out there from uh, the listeners, if you, um, see like a code compliance issue in your neighborhood and stuff, instead of trying to call on the phone and describe, 
um, yeah, there's a, a bunch of uh, oil barrels getting dumped in the yard of someone's head in their, their backyard. You can actually just take a picture of it and, and attach it in. It'll show GPS location to the city of where did you, you take this from, and you can report it all directly, and that all gets into whichever team needs to inside the city needs to go look at that. So if it's like oil barrels getting dumped in a yard where they're not supposed to dump them, I don't know which department inside the city to, to call and report that to, but the 311 app, they'll figure it out and get it to the, the correct team. Or um, whether it's yeah, like weeds growing or graffiti, you can take a picture of that. The t- city's got a, a, a painting crew that goes around and cleans that graffiti stuff up all the time. So it's super easy now just to pull your phone out and take that. You don't have to call and sit in the, there's no phone queue to sit and wait on. So this is one where like the city gets to be efficient. It also gets to engage us as, as citizens uh, and residents in, in a way that's it's better and easy for us, especially as you, you get out to the the uh, younger generation, like um, my kids never want to sit on the, f- they don't, they don't even use their phone. I mean, I, I look at, at um, like our, our, 16 year old he, he he uses uh 10 times as much data as he does text messaging and then he might use 20 minutes of phone calls a month and that's usually probably the adults calling him forcing him to talk on the phone i mean but this is where we're headed and so having something like 311 sa is is great and th- so these are like as you're looking at smart cities and and r&d innovation is that a, kind of an example that folks could download in the app store now but uh where you're headed yeah absolutely i mean and 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 actually so one component of that is the input how does the city gain information from its residents how do we allow it to be easier for them to provide that information to the city san antonio yeah but the other thing is data sharing you know that's a it's a open data you know portal for anybody that wants to go in and see what reports are open right now yeah you know, that's, where's the pothole where's exactly. all the rest of the stuff yeah. yeah where's all the red dots within the city how can i see that for, yeah. as a as a citizen as a taxpaying citizen and that and that's a direct portal into that which is really cool and that's something that reflects in everything that we're trying to do throughout this smart city stuff we want to make sure that it's very transparent to the taxpayer to our customer to our partners um th- throughout every step yeah so it's really important yeah so as you go through, um, and I know there's been some like the three-day startup sort of things run by the city. Does that come out of the innovation office? Is that a different area? Yeah. So, so we do have our CIFTEC SA program in uh, in coordination with Geekdom, uh, which we're about to go into year three of that uh, later on this year. We're really excited. I mean, yeah. year one was really figuring it out. And shout out to Kate and Joyce and Dax out there. You know, they really helped kick that off. Uh, year two, uh, Emily and Eddie from our side and Pebbles and the rest of the Geekdom team came in and really contributed to building this program even further and more robust. Um, year three is really going to be about quantity or quality over quantity. Uh, we've had high, higher numbers th- this year than the first year, um, but we want to make sure that what we're doing is actually resulting in economic development. Uh, we're trying to work with Geekdom on an incubator program that's jointly between the city of San Antonio and Geekdom as well. So that way, when these uh, teams come out of the competitions or come out of these residencies, if they are not a business already, we have a route for you to become a business. Um, and that, you know, that opens up opportunities for you to possibly be a vendor that gets procured uh, within the city of San Antonio. We don't want to just sit on a shelf. Yeah, no, that's great stuff. So um uh, at, through this like history with the the Office of Innovation, I know there were some stats that we pulled up on your website that says more than twenty million bucks mm-hmm. that you uh, that the Office of Innovation has saved the city. Uh, how how do they think about like uh, your hiring, growing, expanding your team? 
Um, and I guess this is one where for every person you hire in your department, I guess they, the overall budgeting, they expect it to save the rest of the city more, more money, huh? Show your worth. Show your yes. Worth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's indeed true. And that's why, you know, something like process improvement, we're taking it from 10 items per year to possibly 40, you know, yeah. we want to quadruple those efforts with maybe having one more person added to our, to our team. Uh, we know we can do more with with less, um, so we we want to show that worth. And and a lot of these go through, you know, the the dollars reflected are off of uh, personnel savings, um, some of them, but also a lot of them are off just off of cost efficiencies. You know, there's a lot yeah. of uh, uh, spend within the municipal government. Uh, San Antonio is very uh, good at being aware. Uh, very rapidly about where those dollars are being spent. And so they recruit our team to come in and make the adjustments where they may be. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio. Uh, and uh, Brian uh, Dillard, the Chief Innovation Officer of the City, and I have been talking about uh, the department, uh, what it does, and how things work there. If you uh, just turned your radio on right now and uh, joined us, uh, you can listen uh, to this episode in full uh, up on our website on Tuesday, July the 30th at www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, we'll also be out there on all of the uh, podcasting apps that day. And uh, this is, uh, if it's not our 150th episode, it's probably pretty close to it. And uh, so you could uh, check out some of our, our past broadcasts as well. Uh, all of them are out there uh, on the Internet and up on the website. Um, as Brian mentioned, the uh, CivTech SA we actually had on uh, the previous chief innovation officer of the city, uh, Jose, uh, along with uh, Joyce, who was uh, running that CivTech SA program for the city at that point in time. So you could uh, dive in. We went a little bit deeper there for a whole uh, hour about uh, that, just specifically the CivTech SA program and, and some of the areas and things that it's working on, some of the companies in that program. And we've had um, uh, the folks from City Flag uh, on uh, the air as well, because uh, you think about cybersecurity in some of these different areas. If if you could report a bunch of false, uh, fake events, and you could have city resources driving all over town, that wouldn't be great. So the City Flag folks have had to really think um, as you roll these services from a phone call where somebody can do fraud detection with a person, you've got to figure out how to tie that fraud detection uh, into the the technological. Uh, piece, or you could, uh, yeah, create a, a real headache for the city on that, those sides of things. So, um, Brian, I know we've we've got a couple of other uh, folks from your team that are we're uh, gonna spend time talking in the second half of the program. So, uh, what uh, are we gonna dive into there after the break? Uh, so, this will be a major focus on on our Smart Cities program, which is called Smart SA. Uh, so they'll be talking about the partnership overall, but also how do we how are we moving forward? How do we make sure the community is first and that this is really user centered design as, as we move forward in these projects? Um, but, yeah, they're, they're the they're my experts on the team of that. And okay. they're going to be doing the work. So we, we have Emily Royal and Candelaria Mendoza uh, on your team who uh, will be grabbing the microphones away from you as we uh, stop for that news traffic and weather update here at the bottom of the hour. If you're listening to it, uh, if you're listening to the program uh, via the podcast replays, you're not going to get a news traffic and weather update because it's not so helpful to find out what the traffic and weather was like uh, back on Saturday, July the 27th. If you are listening in your vehicle and uh, did want to hop out and continue listening uh, tonight, you can check us out uh, on your smartphone device uh, via the iHeartRadio, iHeartMedia streaming app, uh, or you can go to your computer in a web browser and go to that iHeartRadio uh, website, check out 1200WAI there, and the, the program will continue streaming. So, Brian, here is, uh, I know we'll, we'll tease one of the different projects, but uh, so if folks have been following the newspapers, there's some stuff about the city of San Antonio authorizing a self-driving vehicle pilot. 
<laughs> is, is this one of the one of these things here coming uh, up? So the city doesn't have to authorize them because oh. the state blocks us from regulating them. Oh, so, so the state authorized it. The city's the figuring out how to enable it. Abs- we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, what does this actually mean, and how do we make sure we test it first before anybody else does? Okay, cool. So this will be one of the projects we'll talk about. Absolutely. Okay, and yeah. then I, I know, so uh, I live in a neighborhood where HEB is going to be running a, a self driving de- mm-hmm. grocery delivery pilot coming right. soon so instead of curbside pickup it's going to be literally well curbside pickup and in front of my own house yeah yeah that's yes. it's exciting i mean we're, we're excited we actually met with heb recently to make sure that we're working in tandem with them uh, we don't want to necessarily tack into their project but we definitely want to have some lessons learned from what they're doing yeah so yours will be in one of your innovation zones right? yes down at brooks down at brooks okay so if you're down at brooks uh, coming over here in the next few months and you see a car and it looks like there's the person sitting in the passenger seat instead of the driver's seat. No, there'll probably still be a person in the driver's seat as we <laughs> test this out. So uh, we'll learn more about that here after a news, traffic, and weather update on 1200 WAI. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. And uh, the first half of the program today, I was joined by Brian Dillard, the Chief Innovation Officer for the City of San Antonio. If you uh, just hopped in your car or turned on your iHeart uh, Radio streaming app right now, you can catch the rebroadcast of this uh, up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, uh, July the 30th. Uh, if you are listening to us uh, via the, our website or your favorite podcasting app out there across the internet, uh, thank you very much for doing so. Uh, please subscribe to the program. Uh, let us know what you would uh, like to hear from our guests uh, via uh, contacting us on Twitter or Facebook at CyberTalk Radio on both of those platforms. Uh, we're also out there a few other places on the internet, but those are the two best to, to reach us uh, or the any of the forms on our website for recommending a guest or sending us suggestions. Uh, so this half of the program, we're going to dive uh, into one of the three areas in the Office of Innovation, the, the smart cities piece, because uh, this is where uh, really we start to see some cool technology stuff uh, turn into things that will make our lives as residents better. Uh, so I'm joined by the two smart city coordinators for the, the city of San Antonio, uh, Candelaria and, and Emily. We'll go ahead and have you each introduce uh, yourselves here. And, uh, how did you end up as a smart city coordinator? So a little bit of background and then how, how did you end up in this job? Thanks, Brett. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm Emily and um, I've been at the Office of Innovation for about eight or nine months now. Um, my pathway to becoming a smart city coordinator was varied. Um, I started uh, with a neuroscience degree actually in undergrad um, at the University of Texas at Austin and really just studying really complex systems in biology, right? Yeah. Um, and zooming out, I kind of looked at that and I thought, actually, after I graduated, uh-oh, I have a neuroscience degree. <laughs> I don't want to be a doctor. What am I going to do with that? Yeah. Um, but then I started realizing, you know, there's a lot of interesting correlations that you can make between um, brains and natural systems, right, and cities. And yeah. so I pitched that over to uh, MIT, actually, and then I went to grad school over there at MIT in urban planning. Um, and that kind of broadcast me into this international space. And I learned there about the concept of smart cities and how other cities around the world are 
practicing, um, you know, integrating technology into public space and into the delivery of services. So San Antonio being my hometown after I wrapped up some of my studies there, um, I came back here and I spent an amazing couple years at the Rivard Report, which really tied me into what's going on in San Antonio and what are some of the local issues um, and concerns of our residents and community. And so I think now I'm in this cool space where I'm able to kind of marry some of that experience looking, you know, internationally and academically, right? And tying that into the day-to-day reality of our residents and the resources here in, in my hometown. So that's kind of what got me here today. So we could spend the, the rest of the program talking about uh, analogies, comparing synapses and nodes and brains and pathway connections and how the brain evolves over time as it learns and then how cities grow and evolve and cities have nodes and we could do these analogies for the rest of the program. You're smiling. I yes. will spare your listeners. Yeah, so we, if you we, want we to do won't. a separate broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And so for uh, any of the cyber patriot uh, kids out there that are listening to the program, um, as you learn and study in, in these different areas, uh, you're, you're learning things that can be applied in an interdisciplinary way. And so studying that cybersecurity for parents out there as well, if you, the, you've got kids that want to be uh, members of a cyber patriot team, they don't have to go into a career in cybersecurity. They're learning team sports, they're learning collaboration, they're learning research, they're learning problem solving uh, in a, a competitive way uh, that allows them to to grow and develop. So uh, in any school out there, if you do not have a Cyber Patriot team, uh, please uh, reach out to the program here. We will shame your school board, we'll shame your school administration until they fund a Cyber Patriot team. Because if, if they're funding a, a football program and a basketball team and all the rest of the, the sports that are outdoors, they should be funding a Cyber Patriot team for that indoor sport. Uh, so... Uh, those are my two cents in a soapbox here for a minute. But uh, Candelari, we'll hand off to for you to introduce yourself. And then how did you end up also at the, the city as a smart city coordinator? Yeah, so um, my name is Candelaria Mendoza. I actually, um, my passion in smart cities has always been community. So I've done um, public service basically all my life. So I'm actually a librarian for trade. Uh, I worked in the city's um, San Antonio Public Library System for about almost five years before I moved over to the office. I had a lot of great opportunities within the library to work with community building programs, getting to know a lot of people, the Digital Inclusion Alliance, um, and creating a lot of uh, networks and relationships. Along with, I also supervised our digital services department, so I got to work with all the technology, all of the uh, computers and everything that we're doing at, at all of our public library locations. So that was kind of what intrigued me to Smart Cities when the position came up and connecting the dots between uh, it can't be all about just technology. It has to be about solutions for the community. Um, and that's what drives me to ensure that we're uh, implementing systems, services, and technologies that at the end of the day are going to make our residents' lives better here in San Antonio. So that's what um, intrigued me about the position and the reason why I applied and, and the reason I'm excited about being part of this team. Yeah. So do we have any card catalogs left in any of our libraries? Speaking of technology, we do have CAD car- or card catalogs, but um, very limited spaces in the library. But of course, all of that turned digital. So technically, the catalogs that we use today are the same ones that you used to uh, see in paper format, just 
I'll not put it's a on lot a computer screen. It's, there's yes. no like little drawer for me to pull out <laughs> no. anymore and flip through. But I do still need to know the Dewey Decimal System. Yes, you still need to know the Dewey Decimal System, but okay. no. But no, no more physical card catalogs. Yeah, and and then so I know in San Antonio we've got some innovative technology library stuff. But it was the Biblioteca was that county that put that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if we've got uh, one of the most cool digital libraries out there, so if you have not heard about that in the Bear County area, the Biblioteca, check that one out as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting everywhere across uh, city, county government, and services. Uh, we're looking to add technology and to make uh, these these things available to folks in a, in an easier way. So I know we're going to dive in now to uh, talking about the projects you're working on um, in the the smart cities area. So uh, I guess let's start with area number one, access. So explain to folks kind of why this is something we should innovate about. What what it what is access? What does that mean? Well, to take it um, back a little bit, um, so our Smart Cities program is actually aligned with SmartSA. So that is a partnership with um, agencies that include CPS, um, UTSA, the San Antonio River Authority, SAWS, and BIA. So we, um, and the San Antonio Housing Authority. And of course, uh, we're assuming that that program will continue to expand into additional partnerships. Uh, so it's a collaboration of those partnerships, uh, and we're moving, we're trying to move into this more community-focused perspective. So uh, Brian is uh, known for giving this um, model, but we're basically trying to really focus on that 3.0. So 1.0 is, you know, our city leadership council going to another city, seeing a really cool technology and being like, we want that over here. So we were kind of doing that for a while. And then we moved to 2.0, which was their vendors started to kind of throw in technologies into the city. So scooters is a good example of just interrupting and having the city kind of react to and create uh, platforms around that. So we're trying to pivot and transition to 3.0, which is basically co-creation. How do we co-create with our community, with our partners, with the vendors to really create services and products that, um, like mentioned before, are going to impact our residents' lives for the for the positive. Um, so aligned with that, now we have a framework that we work around, which is access to services. That framework is access to services, mobility, and sustainability. So under access to services, we're really trying to look at how um, residents engage with these organizations, our city, um, access to services, and that digital divide component. Um, so right now, we're actually working on a project uh, with a few of those partners, along with the Digital Inclusion Alliance, um, to do a digital divide assessment of San Antonio. So uh, we did it in, or we're doing it in partnership with UTSA under a Metro Lab uh, network. That's kind of a national uh, initiative where uh, universities and cities come together to really look at uh, problems in urban areas and a research mindset. So we're going to be doing that assessment in partnership with UTSA. So they're taking on that research component and we're going to give them feedback as to what exactly we're looking for. And we want to have a baseline of where the digital divide exists in San Antonio, truing up as much of uh, the maps as possible. And then at the end of it, we also want to be able to do um, basically report cards for each of the districts. We want to have the council members know how their uh, districts are doing. Um, and also to kind of help that conversation of equity, you know, where are we going to have to spend some resources? Um, some districts we're assuming are going to be a lot worse than others. Uh, so we want to make sure that once we get to the strategy piece, those resources go to the districts that really need them. 
Yeah, I mean, I said, uh, there's there are certainly areas inside of our city where the best place to get internet access is uh, riding around on a via bus uh, in that <laughs> area of town. So, yeah, for anyone out there thinking about using public transit here in San Antonio, it's all air conditioned and it all has great internet access. So, exactly. sit back, relax, enjoy. Um, please don't text while you're driving if you are listening to this program in your car on 1200 WAI right now. Um, please put your phone down. Just listen on the radio. Listening is hard enough. Listening and texting and driving is not something that uh, we recommend, and it's uh, inside city of San Antonio having your phone out there uh, is a ticketable offense. Yes. So, uh, uh, so is it on this this access piece? Uh, like, it, what what are the the kind of goals of this uh, innovation area? So, um, I think with the um, access to services, we have uh, we're going to be doing it as a project base, but aligned back to our mission of having a connected and inclusive and resilient San Antonio. Uh, so, this is just one of the pieces, and we're hoping that it'll actually influence and inform other projects as we move along. Um, that we can't just put technology because then a lot of those people don't have the access to that technology because either they're not. Um, that can't afford the access, uh, don't have the ability to, or have limitations when they when it comes to their cell phone use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can still call three one one on the phone as much as we talked about three one one. I say the apps before. I mean, the city's gonna. Uh, I would suspect you will continue to use technology to increase the number of ways for citizens to engage. It doesn't feel like you're gonna you're gonna stop folks from engaging the way they are now like if, yeah. if you like me if you really like walking into the county clerk's office and paying your property taxes in person you can do that there's also this is a that's a county service but there's also a website where you can pay your, your property taxes now uh, via the web you don't actually have to walk in anymore and like so the county just added services in in that example but that's yeah one for me i'm old school most yep. of the time i walk in and pay in person it's i weird. could add something Rhett, um about access to services i think Part of our role is recognizing that as more and more of these services that government delivers are delivered online, right? We definitely have to think about who are we reaching and where are the gaps that are being created when we deliver those services online. That is true for the government. It's also true of the vendors that we work with and partner with. So, um, for example, with e-scooters and kind of like that last mile, right, you have to have a smartphone in order to be able to access that e-scooter. Yeah. So we have to also think about those equity things when we're looking at how technologies actually do infiltrate public space um, and, you know, deliver those last mile services. Um, how are we reaching all of our residents as a result of that? So access to services is a really important part of our mission. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and we're uh, talking with the city of San Antonio about innovation and uh, smart cities and all sorts of cool things that are happening. If you uh, just hopped in your car right now and uh, began listening, you can listen to this program in full uh, up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, July the 30th. This will go up there with uh, all of our past broadcasts where we've uh, talked with other folks from the city. We've talked uh, election security with Bear County. We've talked... Uh, with uh, Cyber Patriot coaches and teams and, and uh, the folks that started the program. Uh, Cyber Patriot is a team sports for middle school and high school uh, that allows them to uh, learn teamwork and uh, learn cybersecurity skills. And there are many more jobs out there doing cybersecurity than there are uh, doing uh, playing football or basketball. Um, and uh, as uh, you may have heard, if you have been with us for the whole program, Brian Dillard, who's the now chief innovation officer for the city, uh, started a career in cybersecurity, and it, it can lead you into all sorts of great places. So uh, learning about it is a, a great set of fundamental education of problem solving and risk management that applies uh, across everywhere else. 
so as uh, this half of the program, we've been talking about some of the smart city programs. We're going to move from uh, talking on access into uh, where are we going next, Emily? Sustainability. Sustainability. Okay. So what does what does that mean? That mean yeah. keep using my old computer for a long time? <laughs> Uh, Not more exactly. or less. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got it, I think. No. So explain the sustainability yeah. to our listeners. Yeah. So sustainability really takes a look at, um, you know, how can we protect, preserve our environment and also learn more about it so that we can develop plans and policies that mitigate um, you know, some of the impacts of climate change and really just preserve our resources moving forward as a community. Um, I uh, am working right now with CPS Energy on an RFP, right? That's a request for proposals that we put out um, for vendors for smart streetlights. This is going to be the first RFP that is issued under the Smart SA partnership that Candelaria shared about earlier. Um, I just wanted to highlight real quick about that partnership. You know, we have eight partners, and I think what's really special about that model is that um, it's a collaborative model, which is unusual for a lot of smart cities. Um, but also, each of those partners represents a critical aspect of life in San Antonio, whether that's water, energy, affordable housing. Um, so it's important that we have all of our partners included as we do this work in our innovation zones. Backtracking, I'm not sure if we even talked about our innovation zones yet. We have three innovation zones in San Antonio. Yeah, Brian mentioned them, but he didn't really explain how we ended up with them, what they are, and why they're important. Okay. So we could cover so we can all go of that. Into that. Yeah, so uh, the innovation zones were established by City Council in 2018. There's three of them. Um, they are downtown, Brooks, and the Medical Center. And the purpose of these zones is uh, for us to pilot emerging or prototype smart city technology and really learn, right? Learn from uh, those uh, pilots that we do in the zones uh, that we will do collaboratively with our Smart SA partners. The first of which, now we're getting back into streetlights, is for the Smart Streetlight RFP with CPS Energy. And this uh, RFP covers um, smart streetlights, right? What is a smart streetlight? It's a couple of things. First, um, it's uh, remote dimming controls, which allows CPS Energy to actually control the uh, luminosity of these lights remotely. But it also allows CPS Energy to receive information from those lights. For example, a light could signal and say, hey, I'm about to be broken. Or, hey, you should come check me out, right? Or, hey, I did, just got broken. Yeah, I just got broken. There's some incredible cost savings in that because then CPS Energy doesn't have to send a crew out uh, to look at each light manually yeah. right on a timetable. Instead, you know, they can get this information remotely, which is awesome. Yeah, it saves the fuel of driving around, looking at every light. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting point, actually, because, you know, when we look at sustainability, we I think we have to look at how all of these technologies are connected to different parts of our urban environment. So we are incurring not only cost savings, but just like you mentioned, potential emission savings, right, yeah. in that scenario. Um, the second part of this RFP um, is for sensor technology. And we're looking at five use cases that we went through a process with our city departments um, and looking at some of the survey responses that we had uh, in our innovation zones over the fall of 2018. Um, we issued some surveys and we got about 4,000 responses in our innovation zones that brought up certain challenges that our residents are having. So the sensor technology that we're deploying speaks directly to um, those challenges that our residents brought up. Um, and they are things like pedestrian safety, right? Issues with traffic um, and issues with lighting, right? So yeah. that's great. So we're responding directly to that. Um, those use cases, um, we've got five of them. The first is air quality sensing. So on a streetlight, we can put a sensor that detects particulate matter in our air. Yeah. 
right? That's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. Um, we have temperature sensing. So that would look at urban heat island effect. And are there things that our uh, sustainability office, for example, is yeah. doing that actually impacts uh, the urban heat island effect? Um, that means urban areas that are warming up, right, getting hotter. Yeah, no, I, I like that one. I mean, or like why blacktop is black. I mean, I, the city of Los Angeles did a pilot in a neighborhood where they painted all the streets white and it dramatically changed the temperature in that neighborhood. So, I mean, yeah, thinking about some of these things, like if we don't want the city to be as hot, yeah, could yeah. we eventually paid the road with a different color mix? Yeah. So if you had like a sensor on a light that, you know, was measuring yeah. the temperature over time, then you would be able to determine like, was that strategy effective? Did it work? Right. Yeah. So we'll have that infrastructure. In yeah, place and I guess Councilman Trevino did a, a white roof campaign here. They've cities run some pilot projects around that to see what it does for folks, air conditioning bills. Yeah. Cause as well, like why would you have dark shingles on a roof? That's right. Yes. Um, another use case is parking sensing. So that means looking at um, on-street parking nearby. So you can put a sensor on a street light that will detect whether or not cars are parked in the on-street parking underneath that light. Cool thing about that is the data from that sensor could be integrated into an application or mobile app that would let a resident look up ahead of time. Hey, I'm going to go downtown. Is there parking available? Yeah. I mean, I've seen in some traffic studies in the city of San Francisco that um, somewhere between 40 and 60% of the time uh, driven in the city is actually after people have arrived at their destination and they're looking to find a spot to park at that point. Exactly. So, I mean, like, yeah, in, like somewhere like San Francisco, they don't even have that citywide parking availability yet. I mean, that could cut their traffic in half. It's just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, as, as you like coming downtown, which even of the city garages, there's you y'all have a bunch down here. How many spaces are available in each of the garages? I know, like at the airport, it's amazing. Now, if you haven't been to our San Antonio airport um, lately, the new short term parking is all up and running. The long term parking is wonderful. And they've little signs on each of the floors and the rows as you're driving through that tells you the number of available spaces on um, each of the floors. So, like being able to expand that out to a, a citywide level, then you can save a bunch of time driving in circles looking for a spot to park. I think that's important what you mentioned about expanding to a citywide level, right? So these innovation zones are spaces where at a small scale, we can prototype this stuff yeah. cheaply and really learn right from these yeah. pilots. But Cheap then, when you're somebody as big as San Antonio. But I think about <laughs> right. like the medical center area is or huge. like Brooks, <laughs> like for, for many cities, that's the size of a whole city. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's one of our challenges, right? Yeah. Is like, how do we scale this stuff? So we're hoping that, you know, when we pilot at that, smaller scale, then we'll have a pathway to implementation at the citywide scale. Yeah. But you have three pretty uh, diverse um, environments as well, I guess, is probably some of the selection there of, of why they were chosen, where the, the medical center is um, a lot of, of office, which is medical office, hospital, a lot of folks commuting into that area, not a lot of folks living in the middle of the medical center, living around the outskirts of it. But it's different than a downtown where like in the downtown you have high density, but a lot of mixed use, a lot of of uh, different diversity of time on when things were built and the rest of it. And then Brooks is, um, I mean, a brand new in the grand scheme of things uh, now as a kind of just urban um, medium density, low density area, medium to low, I guess, because they're increasing the density out there all the time as well. I think in a way they also highlight kind of the core of the evolution of San Antonio, right? Like downtown, this is our core. This is our heart, right? So yeah. we're exploring innovation in that space. Medical center, you know, this is about innovation. 
Um, and then, of course, Brooks is kind of about the future of San Antonio. How can we plan sustainable communities in the long run? Yeah. So then the, your third one, before we, we run out of time here on the program today, we could talk about this for quite a bit, the mobility. So what does this one mean? Is this just all self-driving cars and, and electric scooters? Or what's the whole charter of this mobility one? Yeah, I think mobility is about um, you know getting people uh, to the places that they need to go safely, securely, and efficiently, right? Um, and how do we do that in the most effective ways possible? Um, AVs are certainly one component of that because um, yeah. there are possibilities that, for example, for our disabled or elderly populations, right, that there's opportunities for AV vehicles to serve them. Um, so we're looking right now with Brooks City Base um, at a pilot for um, AV vehicles um, at Brooks. AV being partnering. autonomous vehicles for, yes. for folks that not in the acronym world. It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. And partnering with the Southwest Research Institute, SWERI. Yes. Um, to uh, form a partnership to test out um, their uh, emerging fleet of yeah, they've been, AVs. Yeah, they've been testing stuff out there on the, the campus for quite a while. Check their, their website out, and um, there's, I'm sure, some up about some of their autonomous vehicle research over the years that they're allowed to share publicly um, and that they will, are sharing. But this is, uh, yeah, it's super cool that we have Southwest Research here uh, in town and uh, that, again, back to, as we mentioned, I think in the first half of the program, I was talking with Brian on these kind of public-private par- uh, collaborations um, to to get this innovation out there. Uh, and on the, the mobility um, side, so you, you've got this project that you're, you're working around um, autonomous vehicles, but getting people to and from all the different areas. So uh, does this also uh, take into, like you look at um, – the collaboration with VIA around the public transit or transit on demand or uh, last mile problem solving. Are you guys doing projects on that today or is that kind of something that could fall under this umbrella in a future project? I think, you know, VIA is one of our partners. So it's definitely something that we anticipate having conversations with them around. Um, They have a new innovation staff member that we're working closely with as well to kind of scope out what these potential projects could be that we can collaborate on together. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, all for uh, joining us. And Brian, while you don't have a microphone anymore, I can say thank you because you are still here in the studio with us. And uh, if you uh, just turned your radio on right now, this is CyberTalk Radio on 1200 WAI. Uh, You can learn more on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. You can also listen to uh, all 150 or so of our episodes on your favorite podcasting service out there on the Internet. I hear the cool kids are using Stitchers now, uh, but it's on iTunes. It's on pocket casts and uh, everywhere else if you do have a podcasting service that you uh, prefer to use uh, where you do not see our program uh, reach out to us on facebook or twitter let us know we will fix that and we will get you a cyber talk radio t-shirt